Welcome to the Burn Bright Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping big-hearted, creative women battle burnout and live happy, healthy, vibrant lives. I'm Kellyanne, a fellow big-hearted creative, a licensed therapist, and a proud, quirky millennial. Welcome back, and hello to everyone. I'm so glad you're here today. I wanted to just tell you that I'm really excited about how this season is going, I have to say. It's been different, but I'm getting a lot of great feedback, and that tells me that I am on the right path and doing the right things, and this is resonating. As I spoke about last week, if you are loving this podcast and want to know different ways to support, I want to give you a few. One, there is now a podcast website. The Burn Bright Podcast dot com is up and running and if I may say so myself I'm really loving the site it's quite cute and so you can go there and there's contact information and also ways to support and donate to the podcast other ways you can show your support you can share episodes of this podcast on your social media feed let other people know this podcast exists and that they can listen and get good information here You can subscribe, rate, and review via Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. Go down to the bottom of the episode and hit review and maybe write something. If you feel the need, hit hit review. I'll give you a space to rate the podcast and write a review if you'd like. You can donate to the podcast. I have set up an account. You can donate to the podcast you can donate to the podcast. One way to do that is at buymeacoffee.com. Buymeacoffee.com slash burnbright will allow you to subscribe to the podcast and get some free extras if you're a member. The membership's $5 a month, but you get guided relaxations twice a month, as well as quarterly workshops on burnout prevention and self-care, or just simply buy me a coffee as the website says, and make a very small donation to the podcast that just keeps it running. Okay, so let's get into today's episode, which is just me this week. Today, we're going to talk all about gratitude. Tis the season for a lot of people who have their mind on the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, but gratitude is really a practice that we should cultivate all year, not just for a holiday, And certainly this year, it has never been more important that we understand gratitude, cultivate gratitude, and see the benefits of it in our lives. See, the thing about gratitude is it doesn't mean that we don't see the horrible things that are happening in our lives. I think a lot of what has happened in sometimes in the wellness industry is there's like this radical positivity where everything must be great or you must see the positive sides of everything to the exclusion of all the negatives and adopt this Pollyanna mentality. And I just think that is harmful and not true. In a year like the year we've had in 2020, there's certainly a lot to be frustrated about, sad about. Some of us may be grieving from the loss of family members. So A practice of gratitude doesn't discount the frustrations, the very real trauma. Instead, it simply asks you to dwell and put some of your energy on the things that make you happy or 
make you feel calm because the science of gratitude tells us that when we do that, we're healthier for it, that we sleep better, we are kinder, we're more compassionate, we feel more alive, and we even have stronger immune systems. So gratitude has nothing to do with ignoring the negative to ignoring the grieving that you may be doing right now, the grieving that we may all have done this year in one way or another. It's rather just a way to put your mind on the things that'll make you feel better and be better to cope with the stressors and the negative things that come our way. I know for me, this hasn't always been diff- hasn't always been easy, but I find when I cultivate a gratitude practice and when I stick to one, I do feel better. I feel more alive. I feel, as I said before, I feel kinder. I feel more compassionate. I know when I'm not focusing on positive things, I'm meaner. And I don't always like the version of myself that shows up when I'm not grounded in gratitude. And so I wanted to come on today to talk a little bit about some ways that you can develop a gratitude practice. And there's simple ones and more complex ones. But if you're a writer like me, having a gratitude journal is really fun and easy. And it also maintains a record. It's something that you write in every day what you're grateful for. And maybe it's just one thing if you're struggling. Maybe it's 10 or 20 things. But having a record to reflect back on the hard days makes a big difference. It can also be about telling the people around you you love them. I know now we're getting into the holiday season and no matter if you celebrate the holidays or not, there's more time off so most people do spend it with their family members. And we're in the midst of a pandemic though and this season is going to be radically different no matter who you are and what you celebrate. And so it becomes even more critically important that you tell your family members how you feel about them, that you tell them that you care, that you hug them if you can, if you have to do social distance during this time period, which is understandable and recommended by many, find ways to tell them you love them through thoughtful gifts that you can deliver to their homes or drop off on their porches Tell them verbally, tell them with eye contact on Zoom. I say this because what science has told us is that the way that humans respond and the hormones that get released that make you feel good and bring down your stress level don't get activated when you text people. They get activated when you speak to someone, when they hear your voice, and when they see your face. So even when we can't be near each other, where we can give someone a big hug, telling them verbally that we care about them, maybe via Zoom or even on the phone, goes a long way and makes a big difference. And in this year, I think what has really hit home for me is the realization that time is even more precious than I thought it would. This year has flown by and the amount of things that I couldn't do that I used to be able to do a year ago due to COVID has made me really appreciate what things will be like and what my life will be like on the other side of this. That I want to be 
grateful for what I'm learning now so that it can teach me to make more of the time that I have and to make the time that I have right now count as much as possible. One of the ways to do that is by telling the people you love you love them, is by being a good friend, by being a good partner, by being a good parent, whatever role you are in, that you do that and express your gratitude to the people around you. A few other things to think about. Smile. I know that's a simple one, and there are days that are not worth smiling about. And again, this isn't about ignoring grief or pretending it's not there, but about choosing moments to find a reason to smile, to make it a goal in your day to find a reason to smile. And when you can't, maybe falling back and going back to your gratitude journal and seeing the other reasons that you wrote down before that you were grateful for. But smiling goes a long way. And if you can conjure up a smile, even if it's a struggle, it does raise your mood and does shift things in your day. Other things that you can try, do an act of kindness each day. Gratitude practice isn't just about what it does for yourself because it does so many benefits, but it also gives you opportunity to do things for others by telling them you love them. But small acts of kindness can be done for anybody. It can be done for a coworker, a neighbor, anybody, a random stranger. Doing a small act of kindness makes somebody's day and it makes yours as well. I think one other thing to mention is to find the beauty in every day. This is something that I've always been kind of fortunate that I have been able to embrace. I really have always found the beauty in things. Finding the beauty in small things changes everything. And it makes your world instantly bigger when you do that. When you can be moved or inspired and joyful about something really small and having an appreciation of beauty, it changes the success of your day. I do a lot of work with people and I ask them to talk about the three things that make them thrive. And we've talked about that in this podcast before in season one, when we do an exercise in authenticity. That episode is an exercise where you're taught to write down the three things that make you thrive. And one of the things that many people come up with is that they need a little bit of beauty in their day and that when they start shifting their day successes around, did I find a way to connect to something beautiful? Did I have a moment of meaning for myself? And did I feel beautiful in that? Did I find that to be a a moment of beauty? Their whole day shifts. And their whole perspective shifts about what makes work meaningful, what makes their life meaningful. And so I feel like if there's anything that I would ask you to do is to spend a day or a week or a month, or if you're fortunate and can do it the rest of your life, looking for ways to find the beauty around you. And even when that's difficult or hard to find, I know for myself, 
I'm someone who's a creative, like many of you are, or have a creative streak. Anything that inspires me, I find beautiful. So it could be a quote or a line from a book or a song or a piece of artwork or just a moment of a conversation that inspires me. And I try to keep it small because I've seen a lot of beautiful things in my life. I've been really fortunate. I've traveled a lot and I sure have seen a lot of physical beauty in people in places and in things. But I try to think about the smaller things that I have found beauty in because those are the things in the end that actually ground me and I consistently go back to or use as touch points when my day is not going so well. What did I find that was beautiful? And I know that in my life when I don't have beauty and it's not, it could be, Again, I've told you the way when I don't have beauty around me, I suffer for it and I'm not as good at my work and I'm not as creative or collected or impactful at at my job. And so that pushes me to continue to find more beauty in my life and find more beauty in others. And that is sometimes a challenge. I am really easy to find beauty in things and maybe people from a distance, but it's always harder when you're angry at someone or disappointed to find the beauty in them at that second. So I really try hard to find that wherever I go and with whoever I'm with as much as possible. I do believe that practicing gratitude will go a long way to making your mood better, to making you feel better, to making you more stable and optimistic about the future. In the line and in the vein of gratitude, I also want to give you a few tips about how to navigate if you are going to spend time with family, how to navigate spending time with family in the coming weeks and de-escalating conflict or how to deal with difficult family members and difficult situations with your family. And so I have a couple of suggestions for you as well before we close out on gratitude. I have a couple of suggestions for you as well. First things first, remember your boundaries and deflect, deflect. The first things first, remember your boundaries. A lot of times when we go home during this time period in quotes and we spend time with our family, we slip back into roles that we haven't been in since we were 16. We slip back into our 16-year-old selves and we let boundaries get blurred and we forget that we're an adult right now and we can speak up and say things and do things differently. And when we don't do that so well when we don't enforce our boundaries it makes things more difficult it makes it makes everybody more anxious it sometimes lays the groundwork for conflict and frustration lays the groundwork for conflict and anger and so remembering your boundaries remember be very clear before you go home so to speak you go to be around family, 
what are the things that you get triggered by that definitely annoy you, whatever that may be, that you're clear on that so you have a plan on how to set boundaries and assert yourself and to say you're an adult and to say you have the right to engage or not engage, you have the right to make certain decisions for yourself and not get involved in meaningless conflict. Second suggestion I have for you is deflect, deflect, deflect. There are times to enforce your boundaries and there are times to take a stand. And then there's times to really say, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? And again, it's not for me to tell you what are the times to take your stand and what are the times not to. But it is for me to remind you that sometimes we think we have to let it all go in the moment, at the moment. And it comes out angry and not the way we intended it. And sometimes it would have just been better if we didn't get into the conversation at all in the first place. If you're only going to be home for three days, is that the time to unload on your family about some gripe you have that is maybe not important that gets addressed, but it's just an annoyance that makes you blow up like any human does. And so a couple of suggestions around that. Any topic that is going to cause a fight, is it what you want to be doing with your days, your time, your minutes? In the spirit of gratitude, is that what you want to be doing? And you can lovingly express your opinion. And when I say deflect, it doesn't mean hide who you are. It doesn't mean allow people to say offensive or cruel things. But it does mean that sometimes we don't need to make our point heard when we could have peace. Purposely bringing up conversations that we know are going to cause conflict, that we know are going to annoy other people or baiting people into disagreements is not a practice of gratitude. It's the opposite. (laughs) And it brings out the worst sides in everybody which makes it harder for you to see the beauty and the people you love and to be grateful. So when appropriate, deflect. This is not forever. It's a temporary space and time. And the third thing I would say on this is remember what you love about your family. Remember who they are. Remember all your favorite things about your family members. So when things get a little bit annoying, You can go through that Rolodex in your mind of saying, okay, I'm upset right now, but I remember that my uncle is kind and helped me with this one thing. Or, you know, my mom maybe is on my nerves, but I remember how good she is to me and how self-sacrificing you think of those things to keep yourself from focusing on the negative and derailing what could be a good time with your family into something that isn't going to be good for anybody. And on the point of deflection, when you remember the good things and deflect, it also leads ways for you to 
de-escalate situations that are getting tense. So what happens if maybe it's not you, maybe it's your other family member who's intent on causing drama? How do you de-escalate that? If they keep wanting to bait you into conversations, one thing I would say is when you deflect, you could say something like, this year has really made me think about the things that I'm grateful for. And I want to stay focused on positive things and all the things I love about this family. And so because of that, I really don't want to talk about the following topics. I think we should avoid them. I think you guys, I think you should also think about having a rule with your family, particularly where there's tensions and disagreements around things that you decide we're not going to talk about, for example, politics this year. Uh Uh-uh. Too stressful, too tough, too much frustration there. Let's have a politics-free insert weekend, holiday, whatever you're doing during that time period. Also deflect onto topics that are more positive. Segue out of conversations. Don't get into the conversation. Deflect and get out. Hopefully those tips you'll find useful. So hopefully those tips you'll find useful as you cultivate your own practice of gratitude and embrace that even in the toughest of situations, we can find something to be grateful for while being practical and understanding that gratitude isn't ignorance and it's not pretending things are are okay when they're not. It's about moving forward, looking toward. It's about having a measure of hope that things have been better, they will get better, and putting your mind on what gets you through to the better. So before we close the podcast, it is time for me to tell you about what I'm loving this week. And it's pretty simple in the spirit of gratitude. I am extremely grateful for My book of the month subscription, which is the subscription that you get like monthly books. You choose what you want each month and they send you a book. It's great. It's like $14 a month and it's hardcover books. So I am just in love with my book of the month subscription. Now, let me tell you a little something about me. I love to read and I made a promise to myself when the pandemic hit that I would not read one page of anything that ended sadly or was depressing or even if it was poignant and heartfelt and made impact I didn't want my main character to die I made a decision that the only thing I'm reading for the rest of the year until things get a little more positive is fluff and fun and some thrillers and I have never looked back friends I am loving all the fluffy, fun books I am reading. And so this week I am reading This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins with the tagline, How Many Chances to Meet Your Perfect Match. Yes, it is a fluff romance. Here is the description. He was born with a silver spoon and she with a chip on her shoulder. And fate just won't stop bringing them together. Look, friends, it's light. It's quirky. It is everything I needed and more for this month. 
I want to end the year fun. I want to laugh. I want to believe in love. I want to pretend that everything is a fairy tale and a happy ending after some fantastic, funny dialogue and hijinks. And so for the rest of 2020, I am all aboard the fluff train. And so that is influencing all of my book choices in my book of the month subscription. Now, if you want to get a book of the month subscription and you want to read other more poignant and deep novels, they're all there because they have phenomenal options. But for me, I will be reading a bunch of other ones. So again, that is what I'm loving this week. Book of the month subscription and the book this time next year by Sophie Cousins. I will drop a link to the book and book of the month subscription. If you're interested in getting it, you won't regret it. So that's it for this week. Next week, I'll have a fantastic guest for you, but I'm glad you made time for me today. Thank you for joining me this week on the Burn Bright Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Burn Bright Podcast and at the new website, burnbrightpodcast.com to get more info on self-care, mindfulness, and burnout prevention. You can find this podcast on a host of platforms, Apple and Google Podcasts, just to name a few, along with Spotify, iHeartRadio. The list goes on and on. Please, please, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you're moved to donate to the podcast, don't forget, buymeacoffee.com slash burnbright for as low as $5. You can support this podcast. So until next week, as always, take care of yourself and take care of each other.